0: Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willette. Amen. God is good. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to be a good day. I just so enjoyed worship today. Amen. I feel like there was just like an anointing and God's glory in the place. Sometimes I just have to like rebuke the spirit of distraction when I come into worship. I had to do that this morning. It's like all of a sudden my brain's running with a million different things that wasn't on my mind before I came into worship. So you can take authority over stuff like that because God wants to rob you from that experience of just coming into his throne and just worshiping him. And I was just like, no, I reject these thoughts. I reject the spirit of, of distraction. And then I was able to just enter in. That's for somebody out there today. Amen. So good when we're able to just enter into his presence. Just sets the stage for everything that God's going to do. Okay. Brain cells die. Skin cells die. Even hair cells die. But fat cells must have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because they seem to have eternal life. <laughs> I rebuke that Jesus <laughs> name. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, we thank you so much. You are good. You are here in this room. We thank you that you have the answer to every question that's on people's hearts today. We thank you that you have the answer to every problem that we're facing. We thank you that you are a good and generous father, that you do want to bless your children, God. God, we thank you that you have good plans for us. We thank you that you're planning uh, this year to take us into deeper things in you. God, to break through, to bring breakthrough into our life. We thank you, Jesus, that you paid it all at the cross. We thank you that the blood of Jesus has washed everybody here clean that's accepted you. We thank you that we're free in you, and we are free to do everything that you've called us to do with boldness and confidence, and we thank you for your grace, Jesus. I just bless everyone here, God, and we just pray that we would receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you haven't heard the message that I spoke on January 1st, uh, January 1st happened to be a, a Sunday this year, which I thought was great. And if you haven't heard that message, I encourage you to go and listen to it. It's on our podcast, or you could even go back to the Facebook uh, live. But essentially, in a nutshell, uh, I feel like the, the Lord gave me a word for this year, and essentially this is the word that I feel like God gave me, is that this is the year to walk into the promised land. And specifically, I started hearing um, I started hearing like it 's time to cross over the Jordan River, like what what is your Jordan River like the Jordan River represents it It was the last thing that they had to cross over to get into the promised Land, and so it 's like it's those last things in that wilderness area that are hanging on that you need to overcome or this breakthrough that you need or breakthrough in the area of even like oppression of the enemy. It's the last thing that you need to go over before you're walking into the promised land. And so the word I had was, God wants to get you into the promised land this year, and he's trying to get you in, and the enemy is going to do everything he can to stop you from going in. And so... I had that. I gave that word, and, and I preached that message on January 1st. And I've been hearing confirmation from other people. Um, a mutual friend of uh, Levi Hug and myself. A mutual friend. It's a, actually this guy was Levi's roommate, and he's a real prophetic guy. Um, he actually had a word. He had a dream one night. This was like three years ago. He had a dream about South Africa, and he just posted it on Facebook, like, hey, I had this dream about South Africa, and it went viral. And it went viral, uh, especially in South Africa, because it was actually, like, uh, about, like, what was happening politically there, and he was prophesying some things. It was really powerful. So, anyway, this guy, he actually, um, I just heard from Levi, uh, Friday, he has a word for this year, and he said, um, "This this is the year of Michael Jordan. How many know Michael Jordan's numbers? It's 23. And I feel like what he was saying is uh, this is the year to cross over the Jordan and into your promised land. So it's the same word that the Lord gave me. So in the Bible, the Jordan River is the turning point on the way to freedom. It represents freedom from oppression, breakthrough, and deliverance. And it's the last leg on the journey and route to the promised land. So this is the year to cross over into the promised land. So Saturday morning... I had my message pretty much ready to go uh, before Saturday. And then I woke up Saturday morning and I heard Hebrews 3, Hebrews 3, Hebrews 3. And I almost wanted to ignore it because I was like, no, Lord, I have my message. I'm ready to go. I'm just going to, it's not going to be too hard of a day today. And I just kept hearing Hebrews 3. So I finally, I read through Hebrews 3 and I'm like, oh, that's the message for Sunday. Like throw the other one out. So I just started over. But when the Lord does that, it comes together so quickly. Because when he speaks, it's, it's, uh, it's, it comes together really nicely when he's saying it. Amen. So we're going to go through Hebrews 3 today. We're going to go all the way through. So if you want to turn there, Hebrews chapter 3. It's only 19 verses. We're going to go all the way through today. If you're there, say amen. Amen. That's also going to be the name of our coffee shop, Hebrews. I'm kidding. Or <laughs> somebody just gagged. How <laughs> about Jehovah Java? <laughs> What's the other one? Holy Grounds? Jehovah Java? <laughs> no, we're not going to do that to you. It's going to be Awaken Coffee. Obviously, right? It has to be Awaken Coffee. Verse 1, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Do you know that in Christ, you're considered holy? You have Jesus Christ in you. And you are holy. Holiness is not something you attain to. You are holy because the Holy One lives inside of you. Hebrews 3 1 in the Passion, the verse I just read in the Passion, it says, You are now made holy, and each of you is invited to the feast of your heavenly calling. Do you see yourself as holy? The Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Part of your transformation is just starting to believe what God already says about you. And God says, I've made you holy because the Holy One lives inside of you. I love that in the Passion Translations. You are are now made holy, and each of you is invited into the feast of your heavenly calling. I want to declare over you, you're already qualified to step into your calling. And God is inviting you into the feast of your heavenly calling. Each of you is invited into the feast of your heavenly calling. I believe that the enemy spends most of his time trying to convince us that the feast is somewhere outside of us. But the truth is that the feast is found in our heavenly calling in Christ. It's the story of the prodigal son. He left home to go and find the feast, to go and find the party, to go and find joy and peace. And he ends up right back At home, where the party actually was, the feast he was actually searching for his whole life was right there in front of him the whole time. Thank you, Jesus. So God is inviting you into the feast of your heavenly calling, and this is the year he wants to take you into the promised land. Verse 2, he, meaning Jesus, was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of the house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Again, how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as the house that God built to host his presence in? In the Old Testament, Solomon built a house built a temple that would house God's presence. In the New Testament, how many know you are the temple that hosts God's presence? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as I am the temple that hosts God's presence? I have been made holy because the Holy One lives inside of me. Somebody is going to get breakthrough, or several, several of you can get breakthrough just by starting to believe what God's already said about you. Renew your mind with that. How would you carry yourself if you just believed, I'm, I'm holy because Christ lives in me. I, I am the house of the Lord. The Lord is in me. I am the holy temple of the Lord. Hallelujah. This is good news. Your biggest breakthrough this year could just be changing how you see yourself. Verse 5, Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. In other words, Moses was a prophetic picture of what was to come through Jesus Christ. Egypt represented our life before salvation. Moses' his whole life, his whole life story is the story of Jesus, and and a, what we have in Christ through salvation. Egypt is our life before salvation. The Red Sea was our moment of salvation where they crossed through the Red Sea. The Red Sea represents the blood of Jesus. And not only did they cross through the Red Sea, which was their moment of salvation, but all their tormentors, all the slave masters died behind them, leaving no way to actually go back. Like, if they would have gone back to Egypt, there's no no slavery to go back to. Everybody died in that water. And then the wilderness represents the place where we need to grow up. We're saved. God's rescued us from slavery. We're washed by the blood of Jesus. But this is the place of learning. This is the place of growing. This is the place of maturity. This is the place where we start to step into our our callings. And this is the place where we grow up into a, a, a a place to where God can actually bring us in to the promised land, the promised land representing the fullness of everything that God has for your life. Verse six, but Christ is faithful as the son of God, I'm sorry, as the son over God's house. And we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. So as The Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. This is why I was angry with that generation. I said that their hearts are always going astray and they they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest." One of our jobs as Christians is to maintain a soft heart. One of the things that God spoke to me this year is to do the work. It's an interesting word from the Lord: do the work. Obviously, I'm not talking about salvation. I mean, know the Israelites didn't open the Red Sea for themselves. They didn't have to work to get the Red Sea to open up. God opened it up, and they walked through. So obviously, I'm not talking about salvation. Salvation is a free gift that we receive by faith. But I believe what he was saying to me is to take the steps necessary to make sure that I'm not wandering in the wilderness around the same issues and take the steps necessary to main a soft heart with the Lord and with others. This is our, this is our job as Christians. We need to take the steps necessary to make sure that our heart is soft towards people and our heart is soft towards the Lord. Now, if your heart has become hardened towards people, how many know that that impacts your relationship with the Lord? So one of our jobs is to maintain a soft heart, is to keep sure that our heart is is soft towards people and towards the Lord. Take inventory of what's happening in your heart Do I have any hardness, Lord? Is there unforgiveness in there? Do not harden your hearts as they did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. Hardness of heart kept the Israelites out of their promised land. Do not let your heart become hardened. I'm telling you, do whatever you need to do this year to get rid of unforgiveness. Do whatever you need to do to confront the issues that you have. Maybe there are issues that have plagued you for years. This is the year to do the work, to follow through. Get the sozo, open up to a Christian brother or sister, get the counseling, Christian counseling, Holy Spirit-filled Christian counseling. Do the work. This is the year to walk into the promised land, but there is some things that we're going to have to do. Amen? Jesus has done the heavy lifting, but we're going to take the steps towards getting free, making sure that our heart is soft, so that we can inherit everything that God has for us. God is faithful, and I promise you, he'll meet you in those areas and help bring healing into those areas. Amen. We need to take this seriously. God wants to get you into your promised land. But you can't take the baggage that you have with you into the promised land. So we have to address the baggage. God wants you to cross over, into the, over the Jordan River this year. The Jordan River, again, it's the turning point on the way to freedom. Freedom from oppression, breakthrough and deliverance. It's the last leg of the journey and route to the promised land. Forgiveness is such a big deal. It's such a big deal. I feel like this is very important for many people here today. Part of doing the work to forgive someone is that you may need to confront the person who hurt you. Not confront in a confrontational way. Always, always, always speak the truth in love. Always speak the truth in love. So I'm not saying go and tell somebody off to tell you how bad you hurt me. Always speak the truth in love. So we're going to, we need to confront the people who have hurt us a lot of times if we can, if we have the opportunity to, but we're going to do it by speaking the truth in love. Talk about you. Tell them about you. It's really interesting. Matthew 18, it tells us Jesus gives us instructions of how to deal with a brother or a sister who has offended us, who has hurt us, who has sinned against us, and he gives us very specific instructions on how to do it. And it's interesting that he, he doesn't say, if your brother sins against you, forgive him. How many know that's not what it says? It says, if your brother sins against you, this is in the Passion Translation. If your fellow believer sins against you, you must go to that one privately and attempt to resolve the matter. If he responds, if he responds your relationship is restored. I feel like this is, this is a word, I'm very serious about this. I feel like some people, you've had people that have hurt you and you've tried to forgive them and you've said the words, but you haven't confronted them. It's step number one. Go and confront the person. They may have no clue that you're even upset, that they offended you. And I'm not, I'm not trying to lessen at all what happened to you. It may have been very painful, but step one is you need to go and talk to them. You need to give them a chance to repent, Or maybe it was a misunderstanding. Give them a chance to share with you what was going on. Um, There's people who have issues in their life and they've, they've hurt people. And if people are not going to them and telling them what happened, they don't even know what they're doing. They need a chance to where someone confronts them and say, hey, that really hurt my heart to where they actually have the chance to be like, to process that with the Lord. Lord, am I hurting people? Like, we're not doing people favors if we're just not sharing our heart with people that have hurt us or have offended us. Maybe we need a lap break after that. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. But it's what Jesus has asked us to do. And that may be a huge breakthrough for you. That might be one of the things, that might be one of your... Jordan River things that God's trying to get you to do so that he can get you into the promised land and you can truly forgive people from, their, from your heart. Many of you will get your breakthrough just by doing what Jesus told us to do in Matthew 18. Romans twelve eighteen. if it is possible... As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. In other words, you do whatever you can do to be at peace with others. If you've done everything you could do possible and it's not resolved, now you'll have the grace to completely forgive the person from your, from your heart. Be like, Lord, I tried to confront, I tried to do all the things. Now you'll have the grace where you don't have this thing like, well, I didn't actually do what Jesus said and confront them but I'm trying hard to forgive them. Several years ago, someone hurt my family really badly, and and they completely severed the relationship afterwards. So I didn't have the chance to go and confront them. But I feel like uh, the Lord told me to pray for them every single day. So I started to pray for them every day. And the Bible says, bless those who curse you. Bible says, bless your enemies. So I didn't pray a manipulation prayer about them. I bless them, and I took it very seriously. I would take, I don't know how, maybe 30 seconds to a minute every day, and I'm like, Lord, I bless this person. Lord, I bless their marriage. Lord, I bless their family. I would name their family members. Lord, I bless their marriage. I bless their family. Bless them financially, God. God, I pray that you're just giving them new wisdom, revelation, and I'm just blessing, blessing, blessing. And I resisted the temptation to be like, and Lord, get them. Bless them, Lord. I bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name. And while I was praying for them, I still had the pain in my heart. It still hurt, like the things that had happened to me and to my family that affected not just me, not just my wife, but my children. That I had pain in my heart. And I had said the words lots of times. Lord, I forgive them. I forgive them. But I still had the pain in my heart. So I am spent every morning, I'm just blessing them. Lord, I bless them. And one morning, about a, I think about a year in, I was praying for them. And all of a sudden, I had this like encounter with the Lord where he showed me these people. And he showed me how he sees them. And it just brought this amazing, like, supernatural compassion for these people. And that's when I I felt the pain leave. Like, the pain that I'd had from the the things that my family went through, I felt it break in that moment. And it was the last day I prayed for him. Lord's like, you don't have to pray for him anymore. Verse 12. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. That same verse in the Passion Translation says this, So search your hearts every day, my brothers and sisters, and make sure that none of you has evil or unbelief hiding within you, for it will lead you astray and make you unresponsive to the living God. Hardness of heart will make you unresponsive to God, and it will keep you from your promised land. David said, search me, O God. This is a position of, of humility. Search me. Search me, O God. Know my ways. See if there's any wicked way in me. Lord, show me where I'm, where I'm not thinking correctly. Lord, show me where I'm, I'm not, um, maybe I have strongholds. Show me where I have, maybe have hurt in my heart or bitterness or unforgiveness. Lord, search me. Show me, Lord. Verse 13, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I find it fascinating that there seems to be a connection between encouraging each other and keeping a soft heart. It says, encourage one another, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Verse 14, we have come to share in Christ. If indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end, as has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as they did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? In other words, would represent for us believers, but they hardened their hearts and they rebelled against God. With whom he was angry for 40 years, was it not with those who sinned whose bodies perished in the wilderness and to whom did not, uh, I'm sorry, in whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. Bummer. Bummer. That, that's the last verse in that chapter. It ends on a down note. They weren't able to enter, enter because of their unbelief. Lastly, I want to talk to you about unbelief. Unbelief kept the Israelites out of their promised land. They didn't believe what God said. He told them, the promised land is yours. They didn't believe who God said he was. They didn't believe who God said they were. And they rebelled against what God said about them. So I want to talk to you about unbelief. What's the opposite of unbelief? Belief, faith. So this is the year to step into radical faith and obedience if you want to go into the promised land. Radical faith and obedience. This is the year to step into it. What does it look like for you to step into radical faith this year? I'm glad you asked that question. What does that look like? I want to give you two things. Number one, step out in faith because this does take faith. Step out in faith and look at the areas of your heart where there might be hardness. This, is, this takes faith. This isn't easy. Part of the faith process is just believing in God as I step out to face this thing that's hard. You're going to meet me there. You're going to bring the anointing. You're going to bring the comfort. And you're going to bring the breakthrough. Step out in faith. You can't go into the promised land with hardness in your heart. I'm saying have faith that as you face the tough things, God is faithful to bring healing and restoration to those areas. It might be a sin issue. It might be some bitterness. It might be a person that you need to speak the truth and love to. I know that God showed me things. He's like, these are some things. And and, and in some ways in my life, I've crossed over into the promised land. Like the fact that I'm standing before you speaking today is part of my promised land because I've shared my testimony, but I was terrified to speak in front of people. And that's something that God had to bring me through. That was part of my Jordan River. But the Lord's been showing me. He's like, there's other things in your life that you've not crossed over in yet. And I'm, I'm taking it seriously. The Lord said, do the work. Take a look at the hard things. Do the work this year because I want to bring you fully into the promised land. Look for areas of dysfunction. Dysfunction means it's not functioning the way that God intended Depression is dysfunction. Long-held sadness is dysfunction. Now, we know that mourning is is good. Mourning is something that we should do. And there's seasons of mourning. But if if you have had sadness for a year, that's dysfunction. That's something that God, you need to look at, that God wants to bring healing to Anger is dysfunction. I'm not talking about righteous anger, but if you're angry every day, that's dysfunction. It's not functioning the way God wants it to function. Look for areas of dysfunction and go after them. Step into radical faith and God will partner with you to get that thing healed in your life. Some of us just need to open up to another brother or sister about what we're going through. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. Some, some of you are going to get breakthrough just by opening up to someone, something that you've been ashamed of, something that you haven't talked about, something that you're going through, and just the act of picking up the phone or scheduling the meeting with this person and sharing with them what you've been going through. God's going to bring breakthrough. So number one, step out in faith and look at the areas of the heart where there might be hardness. Number two, make plans to move forward in the dreams that God has given you. What dreams has God given you that you haven't stepped into yet? This is the year to make plans to move forward in those dreams. Don't wait till next year. This is the year to make plans to move forward in those dreams. So what does that look like? That means like taking a step. Don't wait. Take the step. Jill actually said it in her, uh, when she was praying today. Psalm sixteen nine says this, a man, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. In other words, you need to start to make a plan. You need to start to make a plan and step in that direction. And as you step in those directions, the Lord will direct your steps. A man plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. What is one thing that you could do this week? You have a dream from the Lord that you know it's God and you haven't stepped out yet. What does it look like for you this week to take a step in that direction? Say, okay, God, here I go. A man plans his way, but the Lord will direct his steps. I love a, a Steve Backlin that just came to mind. He's got all the one-liners. He says, uh, a wrong decision made in faith, God actually will partner with that more than a right decision made in doubt. He says it a little different, but that's, that's basically what he's saying. Start to step, and if, like Jill said it in her prayer, if you start to step this way and God wants you to step that way, you make, your man plans his ways, but the Lord will direct his step. Oh, no, you're, t- you're taking me this way. But we need to take that step. Make plans to move forward in the dreams that God has given you. Take a step of faith. Hebrews 11.6, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This is actually a really encouraging scripture because how many know that the moment you put your faith in Christ, you became pleasing to God? That's what the scripture does. But with, without faith, it's impossible to please God. In other words, how we please God is faith. The moment that you put faith in Christ, you became completely please, pleasing to God. But, so I, I, think, of my, I think of it like, like I think of my children. I have five children. I love them all the same. And I'm already completely pleased with all of them. But there's still things that they can do to bless my heart. Amen? So you're God's children. He's already completely pleased with you. But the acts of faith is what gives you extra credit. There's things that we can do, acts of faith that please his heart. Amen? So it's your faith that actually pleases God. I'm asking you this year, step out in faith. God loves it when you step out in faith, even if you take a step in the wrong direction. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about crazy sin issues or some, st- taking a step in a sin issue or something. But if you're like, God, I feel like you're moving me in this direction. And you take even a wrong step. He's like, wow, you took a step of faith. I love it. But I, actually, that was the wrong way. Come this way. <laughs> He loves it when we step out in faith. Faith actually pleases his heart. When you step out in faith, all of heaven is cheering you on. You need to know that. Mary, I feel like I have a word for you, I one to release over you today. Um, the Lord put you on my heart yesterday. And I believe this is a year of breakthrough for you. There's been some dreams unfulfilled that I believe that the Lord is saying that this is the year that you'll step into those dreams. This is a year of breakthrough for you in your finances. I see a business. It might be your own business or it might be a business that you're partnering with. And I also feel like the Lord is saying that you're pure and you're clean. Amen. So I bless you. I had a word for Kai, but he's not here today. So I might give it to him in person. So yesterday I woke up and Hebrews 3 was on my brain. Hebrews 3, Hebrews 3. This morning I woke up and I heard Battle of the Bulge. And it kept repeating. And like I was like trying to almost not not ignore it, but I was just like, you know, sometimes you have random thoughts that are just like, what is that? it kept repeating, Battle of the Bulge, Battle of the Bulge, Battle of the Bulge. And I was like, okay, what is this? So I, I, I know I'm familiar with with it, but not, re- not really. I know it was a battle that was in World War II. So I look it up, and this is uh, straight from Wikipedia. It says, the Battle of the Bulge, the Bulge was the last major German offensive campaign on the Western Front during World War II. The battle lasted for five weeks from December 16th, 1944, to January 28th, 1945, towards the end of the war in Europe. It's January 29th today, by the way. 28th was yesterday. The Battle of the Bulge remains among the most important battles of the war, as it marked the last major offensive uh, uh, attempted by the Axis powers on the Western Front. After their defeat, Germany would retreat for the remainder of the war. The Battle of the Bulge marked the last German offensive on the Western Front. The catastrophic losses on the German side prevented Germany from resisting the advance of allied forces following the Normandy invasion. Less than four months after the end of the Battle of the Bulge, Germany suffered, uh, surrendered to allied forces. So this was the last offensive attack of the enemy, and what it did is it opened up the way for the allied victory. It actually opened up the way for victory. So I want to prophesy over you this morning, the enemy's attack against you is going to fail, and it's actually opening up the way for victory. Amen. Wikipedia didn't know, but they're prophesying. Can you stand to your feet this morning? Can we have our altar ministry come up? I so appreciate our altar team. These are awesome, powerful, amazing, anointed people. And I want to encourage you, if you have a prayer need today, if you just need someone to agree with you, if you need healing in your body, if you just need encouragement, These are amazing, awesome, powerful leaders in our church, but just amazing people that would love to bless you this morning by praying over you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God, we believe that this last attack of the enemy is going to fail and it's opening up the way for victory for us. I just declare over everyone here, God is opening up the way of victory and the attack of the enemy against you is not only going to fail, but it's opening up the line for you to march into victory. I just declare that you're walking over over your Jordan rivers and you're walking into the promised land. I declare there's several people in here that God has financial blessing for you. And he's taking you on this last leg of the journey, journey to cross over into your financial blessing. I declare there's people here that have had uh, physical issues in their body. And some of them have been for years. And the enemy has tried to give, get you to give up and, and to be hopeless about it. And I declare God is bringing healing this year. And he's asking you to cross over in faith into the promised land. So, Father, thank you for what you're doing. God, we believe we're going to see the victory. We believe that everything that you have destined us to have, that we're going to march into those areas, into the promised land, and receive everything that you have for us, God. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray for breakthrough in marriages. This is a year to press through. Do the work. Get the counseling. Do the homework. Take it seriously. This is your year to advance. To have the marriage that God's always wanted you to have. Thank you, Jesus. God, I bless each person here. I pray that you bring us back next week. And God, I just pray for the people who aren't here today, Lord, that you're just ministering to them, and that you're helping us, that even if they miss this message, they are going to get it in the spirit. Amen. Amen. Bless you, church. Thank you so much for being here today.